you are listening to this episode of the Art School Albums Podcast the day it comes out, that means you have exactly one day until the new Paddlefish album is out. And if you are listening to this anytime after June 18th, that means there is a Paddlefish album ready for you. The album is called Flyer. And I am here with one of the members of the band the second time he has been on the program. The first time he was on, he forced me to listen to a Flaming Lips album. It was fine. We came to a mutual agreement about the band. Uh, But he is here now to talk about his own project. Owen Mastarevich, how are you doing? Hello there. I am doing well. How are you doing, Case? I'm doing I'm doing well. Uh, we can see each other. The listeners cannot, but I have to say you look quite cozy with your headphones on and your mic stand. Are you feeling somewhat comfortable right now? I would say so. I'm. I just moved into this apartment and I'm really getting used to the space. But I'm really enjoying the layout I got right now. It feels like a very comfy spot. It's a comfy spot. Is a cre- is it a creative space? Do you feel like you can make stuff in this arena that you're in? Oh, most definitely. This is like fine-tuned for everything creative for me. You know, every little element is like makes it easy for me to just go sit down and play the guitar, you know. Oh, thank God. That is what I like to hear, Owen. Well, you've got a new album out. It's coming out on June 19th. The band is Paddlefish. The album is Flyer, and we are here to talk about that today. So, Owen, take me back to the first day in the studio Specifically, what were your thoughts and what did you want to accomplish with this album? Right. Well, um, you know, that was the first day we had been in a studio. So that was a, a big moment. And it was really frightening because I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know if I was going to be blown away or disappointed. But in the end, it was like the most exciting day of my life, honestly. When did you guys start recording this album? Uh, let's see. Probably, I think it was, it was either March or April of last year. So yeah. over a year ago, we, t- we put ourselves in a mindset briefly of March or April of last year. What were you imagining the album released to look like? Did you factor in a pandemic at all and no live music? Was that on your radar at the time? And if so, why did you not tell us about it? Well, I wish I could see in the future like that. But um, honestly, I had no idea what to expect when it was going to be released, if it would ever be released. Because at that time, we had only recorded like six songs it wasn't even finished yet so it was just this feeling of like oh i don't know if it's even done yet so there was no like idea of when it was even going to be released um but who would have thunk that it was going to be right now but hey what are you going to do i guess people are are, uh, on their phones and computers all the time now so that helps maybe that is true people definitely have time to stream maybe more content than ever before, which could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. I think our brains will let us know when we eventually uh, uh, corrode into ourselves. Owen, were there any personal goals for yourself specifically, maybe not even the band that you had with this album? Is there something that you really wanted to accomplish with this project? Well, just knowing that I can do it. That was uh, really awesome. I mean, like, because... You know, like I remember getting to the point where I wrote enough songs where I could make a whole album and that was a big deal. I was like, wow, 
you know, because up until that point, I couldn't get enough songs together like that. And so not only could I get those songs together, but we could, we like practiced them really well. You know, we rehearsed these for months on end and we just went into the studio and banged it out. And I had like extensive like pages of notes on what I wanted each song to sound like. And we did it, you know, it sounded you know, it wasn't exactly what I was expecting, but that would be impossible to get, especially with your first time in the studio. But I don't know. I was very, very happy with the experience overall. Talk to me about where you guys recorded, because if I did my research correctly, and God help me, I hope I did, it was the Pie Holden Sweet Sound Studio in Chicago. Is that correct? Is that where you guys recorded? Correct. What was that space like? Did that influence anything? Did that sort of shape the album in a way that you weren't expecting? Oh, that totally shaped everything. I mean, um, I don't know if we've talked about Wilco at all, but that studio, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> that studio is, is owned by, or used to be owned by Jay Bennett from Wilco. And so, and Wilco is like, you know, they're gods to us in a way. You look like, Owen, and this is a compliment, I promise you, you look like if you aren't in Wilco, then you are um, what is essentially the deadhead equivalent of a Wilco fan. Like, if I didn't know who you were and I saw you, it's like, mm, yeah, that dude's into Wilco. Makes sense. And they're, they're a fine band. I connect with some songs, other songs. I'm like, I just don't totally get it. But you love them and that tracks. Right. It's just Wilco is one of those bands where, you know, sometimes you just you love them and you can't really explain why. Um, but I, I just have a deep love for Wilco and that album Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. And uh, I mean, like a lot of the equipment in Pie Holden is was used on that album. So it was just really inspiring, you know, to be to sit down and play a piano knowing, oh, wow, that was the, the tack piano they used on I'm Trying to Break Your Heart. You know, like it, it just was like, it kind of motivated me to make a bigger record than I thought I could. We talked on the last time you were on the show, we talked about the Flaming Lips and how so much of their work is studio based. And as a band, they feel like they more so come alive in the studio than maybe performing in front of an audience. And we had this discussion of, you know, I, I, I don't play music. I'm not a musician. So what I really gravitate towards is is live bands and people that can kill it in front of an audience. You talked about just how you enjoy your time in the studio. And for you being in the studio for the first time, was it everything you ever wanted, just being able to sit down and just being able to tinker with sounds for as much as you needed to? Was it a nice feeling being in the studio finally? It really was. I mean, there was a time constraint that we had, so that was a factor. But um, we kind of got around that because we demoed so extensively before going into the studio. So the whole, all the ideas we had were pretty fleshed out. So then we could go in and if we just had an idea at the top of our head, it was like, oh, okay, we can make that happen because we already got the other stuff we needed to get done. So I don't know. I think it was all about just planning it out. And I'm really glad we went in prepared. Are there any specific, like one of those light ball moments that you had in the studio that you really like on the album? Because listening to it, I was delighted at just all of the sounds that are in it. There's some heavy strings in it at points. You mentioned uh, a piano, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. But is there any moment in the studio that as a band, you guys were like, oh, we should do that. And it made it onto the album. 
I distinctly remember in the song Turnpike, we used an actual Mellotron, which was like a big deal. That was like, oh, whoa, I actually get to play a Mellotron. And it sounded so otherworldly. Like it was something that I had I hadn't planned for. It wasn't written written in my notes. And I was just so surprised about how it sounded. And it kind of inspired me to on other songs experiment more with other instruments so that kind of in a way drew me to the first song get us dead to add a harmonium in the intro which is kind of like an accordion and uh i don't know it just made me think about keyboards a little bit differently it made you think about keyboards a little bit differently is that a, a positive feeling towards keyboards or a negative feeling towards keyboards positive thing it made me realize that keyboards can sound really um they can be a small thing in a song, but give it so much emotion and sound very organic, especially Mellotron just sounds very organic because it's actual samples of instruments, not like a synthesizer or something. So I don't know. It just, um, that was kind of eye opening, I guess. You mentioned the song Turnpike. It, I, I will say now, it was my favorite song on the album. Uh, it was something that felt a little bit detached from the sounds of the rest of the album. Like Turnpike just sounds differently than the other seven songs that accompany it on this record. And are, are you saying that maybe the sound instrumentally wasn't the initial game plan for that song? Because it feels again, so different, but so natural given the lyrics that are involved. And it's just a very heavy emotional turn that I really enjoyed. Thank you. Um, yeah. Turnpike was kind of different from the other ones, partly because it, didn't have any guitar at all and i mean we are a guitar band and that was a little bit inspired by the flaming lips because soft bullet and i mean there's like a few songs on there where there's no guitar so i kind of like that idea of of just like okay this is a keyboard song and we went in with that one we didn't have a full map of the song like we we had the basic structure so we knew there'd be drums piano bass um and with this whole record, I was kind of, I had to hold myself back because I just wanted to throw every instrument I could find on it. And you can hear that in certain songs like Good Is Dead, the first track, where the ending is just, you know, it's a hundred different instruments blaring. But then with Turnpike, I kind of realized, oh, wait, you know, sometimes it's good to just sit back. You know, you got a nice tone on the piano got a nice groove going you don't I don't need to add too much to it you know you mentioned that you're a guitar driven band I have to ask who's in the band what's your relationship with them how did they come about oh and this is your time to either share some love about your bandmates or maybe you can bury them six feet under I don't know if this was a Metallica some kind of monster situation or not where Paddlefish is on the brink of breaking up after this album I hope not I think you guys have a bright future ahead of you but please tell me about your band a little bit luckily that's it's not the case um I love my band Baden Fraley plays the bass and Missy Farrell plays the drums um so we're just a three-piece but I, I don't know I think we have a good energy going. We got a good thing going in the studio there. I mean, I was kind of the director of sorts. If it was like a movie, I was the director. But, you know, Baden and Missy had their own ideas going in that totally informed the record. And I, 
I'm, and partly it was just them being such a great support system of always being open to listening to ideas and just being super motivating in the studio. But also, I mean, they're just spectacular musicians. And, uh, you know, Baden got to show off uh, upright bass skills, which that's another moment looking back that was really fun, like getting to work with strings, even if it's just one set of strings. <laughs> the upright bass is an instrument that continues to blow my mind because when I was first making my foray into more alternative sounds and breaking away from just whatever might have been playing on alternative radio, one of the first bands that jumped out to me was a band called AJJ who would be lumped into like the folk punk genre and they had an upright bass player i was like i i have never seen this before in any sort of capacity other than classical music and it was so impressive to me much like the fact that you guys are three people and it's an album just chalked full of sounds and layers and this very pleasing structure so how can you tell when a when a track is done, when enough is enough, when it has enough sounds that are are good enough for you, hmm. that's a hard question. I mean, with certain songs, it was easy. Like "Good Is Dead," I we had planned that one out so much that we just knew going in, like, oh, this is what it needs, and this is how it ends. But then certain went in with like Turner it wasn't a full road map so it was hard to tell when it should end and I was you know I was listening to the rough mixes we did for like six months just thinking oh what else can we add what else can we add and then I just realized you know like a lot of these songs sound pretty good just how we did them so I don't know I guess it depends you can always add more um, but that's not always a good thing. I think now I've realized simplicity is like a really good thing. And I maybe didn't get that when we were first recording. You have a chance to be fully transparent here because you've been sitting on these songs for a long time. And I'm sure the anticipation for you is building as the album hits its release date. But is there anything from what makes it onto the final album that is gnawing at you a little bit like, oh, I wish we just could have done this differently, but it's too late. Or do you feel like you're fully satisfied with this project? There were moments before where I, you know, there were a hundred little things and you can, no matter what record you make, I've realized no matter how much time you spend on it, you're always going to have those little things. Oh, I don't like how my voice sounds there. Oh, I wish the guitar was louder in this section. It's, it's just a part of it. At this point, I've accepted it as a piece of art that we made. And it's like, you know, that was a time there. And I, I shouldn't want to change that, I guess. So at this point, I'm like very happy with the record. I'm honestly surprised that we were able to make it. Um, I'm very proud of myself. I'm proud of mates. I'm proud of, uh, I don't know. I'm just proud of this band. I'm, I, this has kind of been the dream all along is to go in the studio and make the record that I wanted to make. And I can say that I've done that, but you know, it's just motivating me more to make more records that I want to make. Do you feel like personally you 
is it a big deal for you to be able to say you are proud of your own work? Are you someone that is constantly beating yourself up over either the output you've turned out or maybe the fact that you're you're not doing it because just listening to you there, it seemed like it was maybe a bit of a hurdle for you to be able to say that you're proud of the work you've done. And quite honestly, it was kind of cool to hear. Yeah, well, it, it, it did take some time to get there because um, I am always beating myself up and congratulating myself too. You know, it's like, it's kind of a mix of those things where I'm so happy that I made a song or I'm so like energized by recording a demo. But then two days later, I'll listen to it and be like, wow, that sucks. Like, why did I ever, (laughs) that was the worst I've ever made. And so it's just like a back and forth of that. And for a while I thought um, this record sucked for a long time. I thought it was and I it was just weird because I had it fit everything in my mind as being a good record you know it fit every category and yeah I was like man this record sucks what did I do wrong is it me and after a while I just realized like I I was able to detach myself from it a little bit and and be like oh that was a different person that made that record and that helped me kind of understand what it was well Oh, and I'm here to say the record does not suck. I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to it. What song, because right now, you know, up to the release of the album, you got one song out as your first single. It's a song called Small Song. But what from the album that people haven't heard yet are you most excited for them to hear? Um, I mean, honestly, I'm just excited for, I hope that people will play the whole record because I, we recorded it and I wrote it to be in that order. You know, it's in a way, I guess it tells a subtle story of just like growing up, you know, but it's, you know, we really worked on the flow of this record and I hope that people hear the whole thing. But as for like one particular song, the last song that we recorded, Oh Doctor, which is the last song in the album, I feel very proud of. I And that was one that I it just kind of happened you know we planned for it definitely but it was just kind of like a magical moment um i don't know how else to describe it but excited for people to hear that one so let's talk about the way the album was laid out for a minute and maybe some subtle narrative themes that that creep in because specifically just the opening track in the finale of the album good as dead and oh doctor both sent me into, and maybe it's maybe it's the times we're living in, but I'll give you the credit of saying it's because of the album, but both made me very existential in a way, and specifically thinking about death, which is something that I fear every day. I am, I am more afraid of, of dying than I am of even living an unfulfilled life. I would rather live in a shell than die, I think. Is is that a theme that you guys were looking to explore, or do I need new medication? <laughs> well, I think that's a conversation for your doctor. <laughs> oh, doctor. Yes, oh, uh, doctor. Uh, yeah, so I guess the I, the themes behind the album, it's definitely all about being a kid and just figuring out what is life you know like what is happiness even as a kid I've always kind of thought that like what is happiness like why does the world 
sucks so much and yeah also it's great for me but not great for a lot of people and it's not great for me also you know like <laughs> these are all kind of the questions <laughs> i had as a kid and so like good is dead it kind of goes into that i guess the whole idea behind it and it's not really explicit in the song was that you know for a long time i was um really into airplanes when i was a kid like aeronautics and space and hot air balloons and whatnot and so you i felt like this was kind of a metaphor that i always wanted to um fly away you know just get away um the whole idea of the song was about a kid that built some sort of spacecraft or some sort of airplane and was able to fly away and then after getting to space or leaving earth it was the kid realized oh wow you know it's much lonelier out in space even even if the world is full of turmoil i'd rather be experiencing it with humans with the people i love and so i think that was something i realized is oh life does have pain um but it's about who you surround yourself with i guess it's sort of the idea with that song and then oh doctor you know that song just came from really just a depressive episode and i was just trying to put that into words you know i was feeling so hopeless and i think it there's a certain um motivation that that song gave me or that it's that the song is talking about you know near the end and i've talked about this with my dad pretty extensively about the lyric of uh i forget what it is something about going in the shower or rinse off with water you know it's almost like this like it's like baptizing it's like becoming new you know and that was kind of the perfect ending to the album because it was like you know i had all these questions throughout the album like what is life what is love um, what does it mean to be human? And then at the end, it's like, you know, maybe it's all going to be okay. Simple idea. <laughs> a lot of records talk about that idea, but, you know, it means a lot to me. Well, I think the the paddlefish sound is unique. You put your own spin on it. I am curious about this idea of childhood happiness because – I can speak to my own experience. Like I, I look back on parts of my life where I was raised very well. I have great parents. Uh, I was in a good school system. I was in extracurriculars, but I, I don't necessarily think I was that happy of a child. Is that something that you feel in a similar way? I do. And there are moments where I did feel really happy. Um, I, I mean, I realized pretty recently that I have anxiety and I didn't know that for a long time, or I guess I never really put it into words. I think a lot of that, like when I was a kid, just always worrying about everything. You know, I could never sleep because I'd be thinking about whether uh, we were going to be bombed. You know, like I, w I would constantly think about nuclear war as a child it, it's pretty horrible <laughs> it's not it's not great i have to say the growing up and keep in mind when we grew up in the early 2000s and not necessarily in the cold war the idea of an imminent nuclear threat i empathize with you there because i completely understand the irrational fears like that that's the thing is is it even irrational and that's you just go back and forth like oh wait it is scary we live in a scary world where we do have machines and devices that can destroy the world in in an hour uh, that's a lot to think about as a kid and, 
that was just one of the anxieties you know it was whatever spiders talking to people and it's just i had a lot of things that i wish i had digested more as a kid but you know you're a kid how do you know to do that <laughs> it seems messed up in the in the layman's way of saying this it seems messed up that so much of your adult life is impacted by the first, I don't know, eight years of your life, and it just seems like you're just being thrown fastballs, and some of them are going to connect and stick with you in a way that ends up impacting things. And I, I like the fact that as I grow, I'm able to sort of piece loose ends together, and I can go, okay, this is why I feel like this in this situation, but it's still, it's still greatly unnerving. So Growing up, I mean, did you have an outlet to reduce that anxiety? Was it music? Was it was it something else? Or were, were you just constantly being eaten away at by your fears? I think music totally helped. I mean, that just opened my world to expressing myself through listening to music. So like listening to whatever, Elliot Smith and relating to that. That's an obvious one a lot of kids probably have related to. Or whatever it was, Wilco was a, you know in the Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, it was like I that was a world I could live in, a world that made sense. Um but also so writing music helped a lot. Um I, w I wasn't good at lyrics for a long time. I, I don't think I'm good still because it's so hard. I mean lyric writing is the hardest thing about songwriting for me. And so I didn't really pay attention to the lyrics I was writing. It was just kind of like whatever was off the top of my head, but still whatever that was totally helped me get through some of my anxieties. And I think um, when I started the band, when I was like 14 things, you know, like my, I felt a lot happier about my life, felt like I had a purpose and I had always wanted to be in a band. And it was like, wow, that's so cool that I get to play music and I'm only 14, but I'm playing bars every weekend. It was just a really cool feeling. Um, but yeah, I mean, music is a great tool for mental health, for therapy. I, yeah, I, that's the reason I've been able to get through some of my anxieties without therapy previously. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a cheaper way of doing it. So more power to you, my friend, that you're able to uh, perhaps sing away the blues a little bit. I do want to talk about Small Song, which is the lead single off the album. And no matter when you're hearing this, you can hear this song. Is that song about sleep paralysis? Did I read that somewhere that it's about sleep paralysis? It is, yeah. I I, I get sleep paralysis pretty frequently, like maybe once a month. At this point, I've, I'm okay with it. I've accepted it. I'm not too afraid of it. So but, take um, me through those episodes. What happens in, in those moments? Because it's a, a, <laughs> it's a thing that I'm aware of, but I would be lying if I said I fully understood it. Right. I mean, it's just like in the song i mean i wish i could have said that was some fictional beautiful metaphor i was making but i was literally describing how it felt you know i i was lying in my bed i was awake but i was asleep you know you're paralyzed sometimes it feels like your eyes are open or it's hard to tell if they're even open if you're like imagining that they're open and it felt like insects were crawling all around me and trying to eat me alive <laughs> It's a horrible feeling. That is that but, is gross. That is unnerving. I'm gonna be honest. It's a beautiful song. It's it's gross in practice, though. Yeah. It, um, 
wouldn't recommend sleep paralysis, but it is psychedelic for sure. I mean, it's just like, (laughs) you know, it's a very visual thing. So I thought like, wow, that would be a really great um, premise for a song just because it was powerful for me, you know, and I, you know, like the other songs, maybe you can relate that in some metaphorical way to your life. You know, if you feel like you're being drowned by insects or something. You talk about, you know, what music can do in terms of therapy. Um, We've talked at length both on this show and just in our our conversations without microphones, which happens every so often, um, about, you know, the the music you're influenced by, whether it be the Flaming Lips or or whether it be Dinosaur Jr. or Pavement or, or something like that. Were you guys listening to a lot of music that wasn't your own in the studio and while you were creating this album, or is that something you consciously tried to stay away from? I would say we didn't listen to any the record. Um, I think that's kind of a pretty common thing that you don't want to be like, it's good to have your influences. It's good to have the ideas you want this, whatever the sounds you want, but um, it's good to st- keep some distance from that stuff too because you want to try to make something that is yours and um but yeah we totally i mean Nutramilk hotel was a big one for this record of just that was kind of how we approach things is oh you know it'd sound great here what you know that uh you know that drum part in that Fleming lip song could we get that sound here and then we would try to figure it out and it never really um was the exact same sound because i mean like a a different drummer a slightly different mic setup or whatever but um i feel like that was a good jumping off point and was we were able to get a lot of sonic things to happen (laughs) you also are enrolled at columbia college chicago would you say that Neutral Milk Hotels in the Aeroplane Over the Sea is the most beloved record at that school? I feel like that is a pretty much 1,000% yes. If you are, if you go here, you are indoctr- indoctrinated in the Neutral Milk Hotel sound. Is that a safe assumption? It's probably a safe assumption, but to be honest, I, I have never met... Uh, I've never talked to anyone at Columbia about that record. I mean, I it's hard for me to find people at Columbia that like the music. I like, I mean, you're one of the few people. Oh, um, and I can introduce you to some people that have thoughts on neutral milk hotel because I too struggle with, uh, finding like-minded music individuals. Maybe part of the reason I have this show is to find more. I cannot say for sure. Neutral milk hotel though. Again, I could give you some people to talk to because it's ultimately one of the best things ever recorded. I mean, it's insane. I mean, I think about that record all the time, just how magical it is. And obviously a lot of people think it's overrated, but you listen to that thing and it's like, it was, it's something you can't put into words. Every second of it, every note played is just perfect for it. Oh, and it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's perfectly simple. It's perfectly complex. It's perfectly experimental. And, you know, like there's weird ass sounds going on throughout, you know, but it's also like really simple songwriting, but also really crazy lyrics. And, you know, it's just, I, I just love that record so much. It, it, that kind of was an inspiration for the whole idea of making like a concept album, which is kind of cheesy, but is fun. And 
I, I, all of my albums tend, all my favorite albums tend to be um, concept albums or just, those are the ones I'm drawn into. I like listening album length. I like putting on a record. You know, I, I hardly ever just listen to one song. So when the album really flows together, like the movie, that's, I don't know, it comes to life for me. And, you know, we talked about childhood happiness and sort of, you know, in a broader sense, the meaning of life. Is that the concept you're looking for here? Are there any other narratives that you tried to sprinkle in throughout the album? I think the whole concept is just kind of coming of age because that's what I'm doing. You know, I'm learning to be an adult. I'm learning to live on my own and figure things out. And that's really scary and frustrating and it's a lot to go through and you know I just hope that any other kid out there is listening to it and think oh wow it's you know everyone goes through this it might only feel like I'm the I'm the only one that's uh feeling left out here just in the world but that's everyone's has to go through some sort of limbo a middle stage and that was kind of the whole idea I guess was um um, and this was more af- afterthought, like realized later the theme of it, but this whole idea of being in between worlds of being, you're not an adult, but you're not a kid. You know, you move to a big city for the first time, but you're not a Chicagoan, you know, all these different ideas where you aren't really in a place yet. You're just yourself. And so it's kind of, about isolation, I guess, which I guess goes into um, the quarantine now, kind of that idea. But I don't know. It's um, just in that middle world, and I think everybody has been there. So picture this for me. Where sometime in, unfortunately, the distant future, everybody's packed in to a, uh, a max capacity venue. There's no masks inside. Everybody's vaccinated. It's okay to sweat on people. It's okay to uh, do whatever you need to do. And Paddlefish is on stage. What song are you most looking forward to playing live? Hmm. That's a tough one. Uh, well, Mellow Mike is always the most fun song to play for us because we just go crazy and throw our guitars in the air. And, <laughs> and you know, just have a good old time. Yeah, it's just a good old time. Um, that's something, you know, I've been trying not to think about because I miss that a lot. Uh, just the whole playing a show and that energy, it's, it's really awesome. I'm sad that we won't be able to do that for a while. But I think this is going to be a good opportunity to work on songwriting for us and recording yes. and what. But I don't know. Yeah, Mel- be a blast. I can't wait for that to happen again. Yeah, I, w- when the eventual Paddlefish album release show happens, I would imagine I'll be there, and I look forward to hearing Small Song, to hearing The Web, which I think is a super great song. Oh, Doctor, like you mentioned, I'm looking forward to all of it. So, Owen, I've got to ask, where can we find the album? Where can people find you? Please let people know how to either get in contact with Paddlefish, follow Paddlefish. What do you want the people to know? Yeah, Here, I'll just go through our list of things. So the album you'll be able to find 
on all the streaming services, Spotify, whatnot. I don't know the other names. Apple Music. Apple um, Music, but- Bandcamp, Title. Is this going to make it onto Title at any point? believe so oh I've thank god it looks like but from what i've heard our stuff is on <laughs> but yeah so it's gonna be on all the streaming services you can find us at paddlefish band on instagram at faddlefish on twitter and <laughs> yeah i mean you, i guess you just search paddlefish on facebook i don't know what the specific link is but yeah we're on the social medias are there physical copies of the album coming anytime? Yeah, I could actually bring them out if you want to see them. Please, I would love to. Go grab them. As Owen carefully places his headphones away from his head, he's sitting on a red leather chair, which I just now noticed. It's quite nice. Oh, man, things are happening, and it's beautiful. Owen comes back on screen now. He's got a box He's digging into the box, and what does he have for us? What was that? I'm just uh, commentating on what you're doing, and now Owen's back on screen, and he's back on mic. I forgot that uh, you can't see over audio. That's okay. I was narrating for everybody. Right. So you got your, uh, we got a cassette tape here. We also have a CD, but it was like kind of stowed away. But yeah, I'm excited about, you know, physical thing. It's so fun. I can't wait to send these out to people. Where can people buy the physical copy of the album? Bandcamp is probably the best place. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, probably Bandcamp's the only place. Good enough for me. All right, Owen, uh, I ask everybody this when they come on the show and talk about uh, an album they like. Now I'm going to ask you it about your own album. Who needs to hear Paddlefish's Flyer and why? Um, I guess if you are... You have a lot of questions in life right now, and you're you're young, but you can also not be young, I guess. Yeah, if you have a lot of questions right now, I can be some guidance. Maybe not for specific answers, but that it's okay to have questions. It's okay to be vulnerable and not know what's happening in the world. I think so, that's, I that's very fair. That's... Uh... <laughs> Quarantine right now should listen to. <laughs> yes, please uh, stay inside. And if you're going outside, wear a mask. And when you're inside, listen to the new Paddlefish album. I think it will make your life easier. Um, Owen, is there anything else you want to say about the new album? Um, no. I mean, I'm just really happy about it. It, it. it was really a dream come true in a lot of ways. I'm glad could put it on. I was going to say on tape, but we did it on a computer. So, <laughs> Well, I'm glad the album uh, is out there. I'm glad people could listen to it. Uh, before I get to my plugs, um, if you are paying attention to the world at all, you know that it's not going great out there. Uh, I know for me, uh, I'm terrified of the pandemic. So my main route of activism, if you want to call it that, has been donating to places. And this week, I would like to specifically shout out my block, my hood, my city, uh, which is just a phenomenal organization that is helping make Chicago a better place. And you can donate to them at formyblock.org. I will be giving them another donation in the name 
of the Art School Albums podcast. And Owen, who are you shouting out this week for doing good? This week, I'm going to shout out the Chicago Community Bond Fund. Um, I think it's really important that um, we try to protect these protesters as much as possible because we're that these are the people on the front lines. These are the people that are making this message um, be heard. So people that have been arrested for protesting, I mean, that's, you know, that's a lot of money for bail funds or for, for to get bail. So the, here's a little bail fund in Chicago. You can go to chicagobond.org to donate. A worthy cause if there ever was one. This podcast and myself can be found on both Twitter and Instagram at underscore case low C-A-S-E-L-A-W-E. And the podcast itself can be found on Instagram at Art Skull Albums. Thank you for listening to the podcast. This has been Paddlefish's Flyer. And I hope you enjoy the album as much as I have.